To Rainbow Beach, to the Switch, and everything in between. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. They're a funny day. Go and have fun now. Your new local. You're gonna love this place. It's the Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam, and Dobbo. Happy Thursday, podcast family. Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam, and Dobbo here. November second. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. It's almost Christmas. Yeah, I'm excited My about that. My daughter is insisting on Christmas songs to drive to school at the moment. Oh, you'll get sick of that. Speaking of driving, I've had uh, what I think could be a game changer for the automotive industry. I've come up with a product. It does not exist. Okay. And I think we can uh, pa- patent it. I was going to say, do you need to put a... Do you, Should we start with a non-disclosure agreement? <laughs> there's an NDA straight away coming out. Yeah, straight we... away there's an NDA. And this is Liam's golden ticket. So, I Liam, if you, if you devail this uh, right now, that means you have two business partners, one Liesl Jones mm. and one Benjamin Dobbin. Well, as... let's shark tank this because I'll Are see if I want to... Oh, just let, tell me what your idea is and okay. I'll see if I want to invest. It's a U-turn indicator. Allow me to explain. No, I'm already investing. <laughs> Allow me to explain in some more detail. I'm, gra- I'm glad you're already I'm in, I'm on Jones. board. How often do you find yourself sitting at a right-hand turn and the car in front of you, you assume it's going right? Now, if you're making a right-hand turn, you go at a certain speed, all of a sudden it goes green and that car goes really slowly and does a full U-bolt. You know what? I actually know where you've where you've seen this because I know where there's an intersection right close to work that mm. is a right turn and a, a U turn to get onto the yeah. ICB. Now it's not the person's fault in front of you that they're doing a U turn and you weren't aware. That's not their fault. No, All they can do is indicate to say that they are going in that direction. There is no way to inform the people behind you you are going to do a U-turn. So what I'm proposing to all car manufacturers out there, you can take this, I'll take a percentage, but you can take this idea for free, well, not for free, is just a little swirly light. <laughs> like a vortex. Like a vortex. That just If that goes on, oh, they're doing a U-turn. Huh. I'll give them a little bit of extra space. Maybe they're going to hook out. To the left a little bit. Well, why don't you do like the set of lights with the hook turned set of lights, which is the U with the arrow. Und- why I, not that? I, I'm open to ideas on what the light can look like itself. All I'm saying is I think there should be something on the car which informs the drivers behind. Can I suggest hey, something U-turn else? coming. Can I su- rather than another indicator on the car, can okay. I suggest something else? What? That a screen that comes up that says, slow the F down, mate. You don't need to ride my ass. See, you've changed it there. You've you've gone, now it's passive aggressive. (laughs) There's no need for that. But what is your beef with people that do U-turns? That's what I'd like to know. What is the beef? No beef. Pro U-turn. In fact, sometimes pro and illegal U-turn. I I am for U-turns. I just think it would be nice if you could communicate with the people behind you, hey, I'm about to do one. That makes sense. Mm. That's all I'm suggesting. Okay, so how do we make this happen? Shark Tank, Liesl Jones? Mm. I'm I'm investing. Liesl's in. Yeah, I'm in. Double, you're in? 51% I'd like. We can have 51% of... Whatever's left over. You can have yeah. 51% of a third if you like. There's a third on the table for you. There's oh, a third on the table the for Joe. I'll take the third. I'm very generously offering you guys a, a third of a business that I thought of today, which admittedly there's a third of nothing. 
Essentially, what we need right now is a car manufacturer to get on board and say, yeah, we like that. Let's do it. All right. Let's send Let's it to it. Kia and Hyundai. Mm-hmm. Hyundai's very forward thinking mm-hmm. with this stuff. Let's Feels do like that. the Koreans would, would invest They're in this. They're on board. They like new tech. You know what? They've probably already got one. Uh, well, I haven't seen it yet. Not here. Haven't so let's bring it here. All right. Uh, hey, Triple M family. Keep your eyes peeled because when the U-turn indicator arrives on our shores, you know where the idea started. Right thank, here thank on, Liam later. on Triple M's Russia. Big story about to break. Back page of the paper tomorrow morning. I'm having conversations with the present moment. moment. First right here on the rush hour. This is Dobbo's Mail. Uh, yesterday I was talking about the obviously the Brisbane Broncos and their quest to retain Reese Walsh and obviously Ezra Mam. Well, today I'm going to turn my attention and crystal ball the North Queensland Cowboys. November 1 uh, happened yesterday, and it's the beginning of a new season. And a player that's come off contract is their 5'8 and origin 5'8, Tom Dearden. Now, if we all remember, Tom Dearden was originally a Bronco. He was always a Brisbane Bronco. And he eventually then, um, just because Kevin Walters didn't see them fit into into his side, took an opportunity to go to North Queensland, and he's prospered. Absolutely prospered. So his deal... um, has now come to an end at the end of this season. Now, the North Queensland Cowboys offered a three-year extension around $800,000 a year. A lot of money, remembering he's only 24 years of age. He's only a pup, Mm. you know, like he's a young kid. Um, And I spoke to his manager today, and they are going to wait. They are not worried about November 1. They are happy, and they're going to let his football do the talking. And I did say to his manager, I said, well, look, is there other clubs? And he goes, we're going to go to a club where there is a structure, where there is a plan, where there is a absolute program that Tom can prosper in. Now, the North Queensland Cowboys, that's one of them. But I made a few phone calls today, guys, and there is some real interest in Tom Dearden for the Peninsula. The Redcliffe Dolphins, the Dolphins as we know them, are absolutely have... We all thought Jerome Luai, Wayne Bennett said no, no chance. The reason being is at the top of their list is Tom Dearden. Wayne Bennett loves Tom Dearden. Tom Dearden is right at the top of the hit list uh, to try and make a player. Now, they've got cap money. Don't make any mistakes about it. The Dolphins have the money to pay in excess of a million dollars for Tom Dearden if they see fit. It's just whether or not they want to throw the house at him. That's going to be the big question. And whether or not some of these southern teams that are desperate, like St. George, like I know Melbourne Storm have looked at him, they need a halfback long term, um, whether or not they go after Tom Dearden um, and try and make a play at him. Do you think Tom Dearden wants to stay at the Cowboys? I don't think it matters. Um, I don't think he, it bothers. I think he's very happy there, but I think he he could leave there in a heartbeat. I don't think it, it's concerned. Players now don't care. As long as they go to a good town and they're getting paid, it's a short window. They want to make a, a lot of money. Now, there is the, the situation where Appy Corusau, you know, left the Panthers and took more money and went to the West Tigers. Mm. I think potentially he's regretting that because in the end, premierships, they have a longer-lasting effect than what's happened at the West Tigers. But I think if Tom Dearden goes to the Dolphins, he's going to have the success there that he has in North Queensland. If he if he goes to St George, not so as much. You're dead set taking the money. Uh, Tom Dearden, Liesl, at the Dolphins. What do we need, a running 5-8? Yeah. Uh, yes. What does Tom Dearden play? 5-8. Oh. What does a running one mean? Don't they all run? <laughs> 
What is a running one? It, 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 it means he takes the ball to the line. He's not the kick and playmaker. He's oh. more. The, he's 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 on the attack. Okay. And and so it's a good question because a lot of people wouldn't understand when I talk about what a running five eight is. Like <laughs> they take the ball to the line. Jerome right, Luai's a okay. running five eight. Jack Whiten's a running five eight. Mm. Whereas Ezra Mams a, a running five, five eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. They just stand well, there and right. kick it, yeah. catch and pass. Yeah. Kieran uh, Foran you, is a standing yeah. five eight. You want to avoid those, pass and kick. those skipping five eights. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that look a bit strange out on the field when they're just skipping around. Uh, oh well, this is very exciting news, Dobbo. That is, that, there's something to keep an eye on there for for Dolphins fans. Could Tom Dearden right. be heading south? I like well, the this. Cowboys think they're going to get him. The Cowboys think he'll stay. But mm-hmm. I can just tell you, the Dolphins are going to make a massive play. Stay tuned. Dobbo's mail. Stay tuned for the 2032 Olympics, too. There's some new That's spots a, opening up. It's a long time to stay tuned. I reckon, I reckon we can make it. In yeah. what? I don't know. Let's find something. Okay. All right. Are we talking Olympics next? Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. There has been some brand new Olympians name. Now, there is a new one for breakdancing. Her name is Dr. Rachel Gunn. Yes, she is a doctor. She's a university lecturer. She is one of 16 B-girls, which are going to Paris next year. Mm. So representing Australia in breakdancing. Do you reckon that's a popular song choice for them? What, Joe? I don't choose the music. Now, this is one Olympic sport I don't really know much about. I don't know the selection. I don't know how they score points. I don't know how... I really know nothing about breakdancing. This just shows how uncool I am. Mm. But I was thinking, Dr. Rachel Gunn is 36 to be selected really? yeah, for the Olympics next year. Okay. So assuming she's probably turning wow. 37. So she's very similar age to me. And I sort of thought, well... If I were to make the Olympic team for any sport, I actually don't know that I'd make it for swimming. <laughs> if you, oh, if you started training if now. If I started training now for 2032 Brisbane Olympics, I don't know that I would actually make the team because I'd be close to four, I'd be 47, 48. Yeah. Be 48. Be pretty old. I think I'd just be far too old. Yeah. I reckon. Oh, oh that's I, not the support I was like. <laughs> no, I, Jones, I reckon you could do it. I reckon you, you could reckon? do it. You reckon? I don't yeah, know. I mean, you're a former world champion. I mean, I don't want to be rude to old breakdancing, but I, you know, I mean, if a breakdancer can make the Olympics, I could make the Olympics. I, I mean, Do you think? no disrespect. What well, would you I, make I, it for? Well, if the, I don't think breakdancing. I'm get my soapbox quickly. Here. I don't think breakdancing should be an Olympic sport. I'm just saying it. I understand about inclusion. I, I think it's disre- it's a disrespectful to people like Liesl Jones, who absolutely gave their life to a sport like swimming and stuff like that. But if we're going to open it up to breakdancing, I think breakdancing's already been taken out. I think after Paris it goes out. I think it's oh, coming in for Paris and then it's It's a one-hit wonder. Okay. Yeah, so, right. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, well, mate, if they're going to let breakdancing go, why not throw other good skills? I mean, anybody can rap. I used to be able to do the worm. I mean, that really? was a great thing. Why, why don't they have worm, you know, worm dancing? Well, content, I'm sure the that's part of great breakdancing. You know, the, the caterpillar, mate. Like, I mean, just that alone. I mean, More of a you know? slug these days. <laughs> A witchetty grub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they host the witchetty grub championships at the pool. Well, I mean, the I mean, let's open it up. I mean, seriously, Jones. I, I, I'm saying this in all in all sincerity. I mean, I mean, if they're going to open breakdancing, open up to other things. Well, so breakdancing. Okay, let's agree that I think we do agree that breakdancing is not a sport; it's a skill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, skills a good way to put it. So if we're going to, if if the Olympics are now bringing in skills, yeah, yes, it's just I guess it's just what are you good at? Uh. Baking, you know, you know. Actually, you know what? I I put put this in the Olympics for twenty thirty two. Reverse parallel parking. Oh, oh! I would. You think buy... you could be in that? Now, I you... would buy tickets that every day. <laughs> 
it'd be a great spectator oh, sport. Oh, I would love that. S- but, but no cameras or sensors. No, that's We're great. Old school. Get me a 1994 Toyota Corolla hatchback. Okay, very specific. Manual. Yes. That's the Olympic vehicle that you have to reverse, and I will bring home the gold for Australia. I love that so much, and I would buy tickets to that. That is, oh. so, and I love it. And you also have to be able to reverse park on your bad side. So you know how the passenger mm. goes to the curb mm. and you reverse park yep. in that way? No, no, you have to do it where the driver is on the curb side. Like it. Oh, okay, it that's easy. I mean, that's not hard. That's now, the I, I, finals. If you can do that in the finals, that's your final hurdle. You guys don't know this, and look, I, I, I will elaborate a little. I mean, I am unbelievable at cutting kindling for a fire. And I mean, <laughs> I think I think that Great at skill. the Olympics we should have a kindling cutting competition. Like, oh, not the wood chop. This. I love the wood choppers. I respect them. But I, with an axe... And a block of wood, I can get fine kindling sticks to start a fire. I and I think a kindling championship it. would be unbelievable. That would be great because that's a life-saving skill too. Now, there's a team Stable. event in this, Dobbo, because if we pair you with Australia's greatest fire builder, you have to supply the kindling for the fire for to the start. fire builder. And you can test you it go. on the temperature and how long the fire burns. That's it. Perfect. That's it. Oh, I love these okay. Olympics. Uh, look. There's already people calling through who clearly have, <laughs> who clearly have skills that they think are Olympic worthy. <laughs> all right, bring them on. One triple three five three. We'll take them all. Whatever your skills are that you think should be included in the Olympics in 2032, Lisa. Yeah. If you think you can't make it for a swimming, let's take a quick break. We got to give you there for something else. Okay, I'll have a think. All right, I'll have a think. We'll find out what that is next. Rush hour with Lisa Jones, Liam and Dobbo, Triple M. A university lecturer, Dr. Rachel Gunn, has become the newest Olympian. She's heading to Paris next year. She's one of 16 B-girls to represent Australia in breakdancing. You know, breakdancing is its a skill. Like when you go turn up to a party, mm. you're like, see what I can do. Mm. This is a great skill. And athletes, it is a skill. But I feel like Olympics could just have a bit more variety. I would love to see a few more skills in that's there. That's it. That's what we're looking for. Dobbo's going to be chopping kindling. kindling. I think that's wonderful. I would love to watch that. And I think it's a great way to uh, judge it. It is by temperature and length of the fire. I think reverse parking is an excellent skill. I would pay for that every day of the week. Now, what we want to know is uh, if we are going to just let skills in the Olympics, what skill, what what can you bring home the gold for us? That's right. The important thing is we need you to win gold for Australia. Jed from Coombaba, hello. Hey, crew, how are we? Good. What could you win gold for us in 2032? Guitaring, you know, like it's pretty simple. Everybody, every country in the world's got a guitar. It's like inclusion, like you guys were talking about. Imagine how many countries you'd have walking out first time with a flag. Now, Jed, I think it's very hard to judge guitaring. Could we do Guitar Hero? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's another option. Well, are we talking? Are we talking? Are we talking acoustic? Are we talking bass? Are we talking electric? Like, what are we talking here? Like, and, well, and, and, you, and, and you got to play your cover song? What, like, what is this? Well, like, say, say electric for a start, right? So, yeah. um, everybody that's going there, the judges pick a song and you start weeding out, you know, and then you get to the, you know, the final. So, there's six people, like, you're running down the track and, and you award the best player. 
and you give them a gold medal, silver and bronze. I like the idea, Jed. I like the idea. What I will say is I feel like musicians have got enough awards. I feel like we've yeah. got the Arias and there's the... Stay in your lane. Yeah. But Liesl did come up with a very good point. Air guitar competitions could be quite unbelievable. Like, Not air guitar, air but guitar hero that you can oh, right. play. Yeah. I'll play. Yeah. 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 Andrew in Palm Beach, what are you winning gold for Australia? Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, well, look, peeling oranges. Okay, now this yes, is a yes. very good skill to have. How are you going to win? Well, it all comes down to technique. I think there might be a uh, there might be some points of order on technique, but yes. um, it's about getting the peel off in, in one go. You uh, you got to get some in there, and you got to get it around the orange, and you got to get the peel off in one go. Otherwise, uh, a bit of DQ, and see you later. Oh, DQ. <laughs> so you can do it with a thumb rather than a knife from the top and peel it round. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, do a little incision with the teeth, put up with a bit of that orange yep. out of the taste that goes into your mouth, and then, um, yeah, stick the left thumb in it. Oh. Okay. I like this. I like this. Oh. And as well, it's going to support local farmers because if it's in 2032, presumably we're using our local naval oranges as well. That's so, right. Yeah. And vitamin C. Everybody wins. All right, Damo, welcome to the Olympic team. That was Andrew. Damo in Labrador, what are you winning gold for? How are we? Having a good afternoon? We're doing very well, thank you. What are you winning gold for Australia? Well, it's probably more of a little bit of a Paralympic sport, but a blind person with a chainsaw chopping down a big palm tree. Now that adds another element to it. It's a bit scary, but yep. I don't know if it passes the OH&S. Damo, first question is why? Why? Because it can be done. Yeah. Because I, I, I do it. So are you? Also, so you're blind? Totally blind. Yeah. No, okay. no, no light. No nothing at all. Just get up on a ladder and. Oh, sorry. Uh, I would. Have a, great sport. I love it. I thought this was an able-bodied person blindfolding themselves no. and chain, but so no. Tape. Okay. So hold on. You you're totally blind, and you yeah. chainsaw palm trees down. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh. It's around home. You've got to get up on a ladder, and if someone's not home, I just got to do it. As long as the big palm tree doesn't fall on my head, I don't fall off the ladder. You don't do okay. it on your own without. You've got to have someone there to surely help no, watching. No. Oh, that's it a. It can be it's proven to be done. That's a gold medal there for already. Yeah. I feel yeah. Brave. I feel like Damo deserves pen, a gold. Just let's pencil like, that in. That's did, hold on, did I hear you saying there that you climb a ladder too? Yeah, yeah climb a ladder. Yeah. No, okay. no ropes or anything tied to anything. Oh, just climb a ladder. Okay. Big six foot, eight foot ladder. Just get up on top and oh. you just feel where you're putting the chainsaw and just chop a little bit by little bit. Might be six foot. You're chopping back. Or might Is be... there braille that says like first step, second step on the ladder? No, not at all. Just jump up. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a gold medal right there. I love it's it. It's a fun one. That's very good. <laughs> I would pay to watch it. I think you might be the only competitor in that one, David. Yeah. But oh, thank who you. knows? <laughs> Ant in Bribey Island. Who? What are you winning gold for at 2032? Oh, XL spreadsheeting for sure. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Why are you so good? Have you got the formatting down? Calculate oh. the formulas. Uh, the formulas, the um, data mining, the uh, automation. Um, I can control C and control V like nobody. I does. love oh, this. So good. This is great. You would need the massage therapist for the fingers with the control V and control V. And it's it's such a measurable thing. It's like yes. here is a spreadsheet randomly created. You must ascertain A, B, and C. All and right. also put it up on the big screen. Mm. So watch Absolutely. someone do it. Oh. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 you're doing it on the big screen. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, the TV rights, they're, they're going to go through the roof oh, at the bananas. idea of Olympic level spreadsheet. Totally. Yeah. Last one, Peter in Acacia Ridge. What are you winning gold for at 2032? Hello, guys. Hey. How you going? Good, thanks. Uh, Oregon wet t shirt competition. Well, I'm all for that. 
Oh, thank I'll you, end yeah, I'll, end my, I'll end it myself. Um, yeah, mine, uh, me too as well. Yeah, mine, mine, are like, mine are like a little bit hairy, but I have an amazing rack. So, you know, I think well gold. Done you. Well done. Thank you. I love that it's mixed gender. Wet, yes, male yeah, and both. female yeah, wet both. T-shirt comp. Yeah, yeah mate. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. How about like the TV ratings would go mm. through the roof yep. and more importantly, um, teenage boys, would have a blast. Yeah, I, think, would. I think we just killed uh, the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Pete. <laughs> right. We'll add that to the list. Noosa Triathlon, it is creeping ever closer. Only one sleep, Dobbo, until you and I make the journey up the Bruce. Yeah, exactly right. Looking forward to it. Mm, it's um, going to be fun. All my preparation is done. It's not been enough. But as <laughs> I said, um, it's all going to be about heart and guts and adrenaline come Sunday. Now, Liesl, there is a category in the Noosa Triathlon for the gentlemen who have uh, brought up the three figures on the scale called the Clydesdales. Oh, Basically, Clydesdales. To, yeah. to enter, you have to be 100 kg plus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they literally, nice. weigh, they literally weigh you. Um, you're joking. No, no, if you're on the cusp, <gasps> if if you could be, you know, give or take under under the triple figures, they scale you. Can I've you never be had... a female in the Clydesdales? Yeah, there's fe- there's, I think mate, they're called the Athenas. Oh. I think yeah. there's a different. I don't think okay. they call the women the Clydesdales. I'd happily yeah. be a Clydesdale. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but there is. But yeah, there is a. There's a category uh, for the heavier crew. And Dobbo, are you racing in the Clydesdale this year? N- no, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Didn't no. make it. Didn't make no, way. But, but one bloke who has won the Clydesdale class before, he's won literally won the Clydesdale as the fastest person uh, in that class is. The former legendary Broncos and North Queensland Cowboy and Origin player in Ben Hannett. And, and he joins uh, us on the line, Clydesdale champion. I mean, that's got to be right up there with the career achievements, Benny Hannett. Yes, I'm very proud of the fastest fat boy going around the booster, <laughs> and I hopefully we'll go close to doing it again this year. <laughs> so, Ben, you're racing this year? Yeah, I've been a part of Noosa Tri. This is, I think, my eighth year in a row. I'm not in the best shape right now, but it's one of the best events in Queensland. I'm Excited to be going around with Dobbo this year. Well, now, because okay, because this is the point. Our man Dobbo, he's this is the first time in a long time he's raced. Two thousand and nine, last time I did it. And a little birdie has told us that you have put out the olive branch, the triathlon olive branch, to actually pace him and help him navigate this. Yes, you heard right. I am Dobbo's cheeseburger, Big Mac, whatever you want to call me, <laughs> the thing of stacker burger. I'll be out in front of him, pulling me along, encouraging him. I'll have snacks. I'll have food along the way. <laughs> I'll have cans of Coke, whatever Dobbo needs. My mission is to get him over the line as quick as possible. Do you hang oh, that oh, from oh. a stick? <laughs> <laughs> and dangle it in front. <laughs> Keep oh, going. Oh, Lisa. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes, Lisa. You know me. Thanks, yeah. Ben. In all seriousness, I do want to say this now, and I, I do, and I genuinely mean this. I was touched last Saturday when I was talking to my mate Benny Hannett, and he said, mate, what class are you in? I said, I'm in the Garmin start class. He said, well, I'm going to join that. And he said, mate, let's do it together. And I thought, you know, um, as much as he's won Clydesdales before and, and he could literally do it in two hours, two and a half hours, oh, wow. he's going he's gonna to truck along with my, myself who, well, look, I won't get under three hours, but I, I will definitely finish it. But I thought that was a very kind gesture. And I, I mean that genuinely, Ben. It's a huge, a huge feat you're undertaking and to be a part of it, and to help you along. I remember the first time I finished it, and it's been a long time since you've done one. It, it means when you do it, it's a huge accomplishment, and you do hurt along the way. And when you're hurting, it's always good to have someone there, especially if you haven't done it in a while. So and I'm excited to do it with you and, and see the aches and pains. I know you love to winch and complain. I can't wait for <laughs> the words that come out of your mouth. 
the four-letter words, the six-letter, whatever words that will be coming out. I will we'll be recording it and then maybe played on next week's show. Ben, you might need to put on, you know, with the boxes that put on those, like, pads and stuff. He's punching you as he goes <laughs> yes. along. Now, you're feeling a little bit underprepared for this uh, Noosa try. What's going to get you over the line? Because Ben Teo said yesterday that Carbonara was going to get him through. What's going to help you this weekend? What's going to help me is knowing that Dobbo's going to be worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> I always think, geez, I'm hurting, I'm doing it tough, and I'll just look across at Dobbo, and it could be worse. I could be Ben Dobbo. How many times have you ridden a bike since last Noosa Triathlon? I want honesty here. Honestly, I haven't rode for two years on a, on a bike. So, and I haven't I haven't done one run. I haven't done one swim yet. Oh, but um, and you know what? He could do it on his ear. He could oh, do it on his ear. Nah. Well, he did get in the ring. He did get bun. in the ring and get his head punched in. That's one thing he has done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the hurt logger. You, you and me both, Dubbo. Yeah. Uh, well, Ben Hannon, at least only our man could go and get a legend of Aussie sport to pace him. I for know. A, like drag his sorry hey, ass around thing, the noose. It's one thing to be a pacer. It's me to follow the pacer. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Leave him. Behind. It's all good. It's all good in theory until I hit a wall. Benny Hannon is going to discover a new pace called Very Bloody Slow. Uh, ben Hannon, we wish you all the best this weekend for the Noosa Triathlon and looking forward to a beer with you on Sunday after the race. Thanks, Sam. I'm looking forward to my ears bleeding from all the chat that Dobbo's going to have on <laughs> race for three hours. Triple M's Oztober Garage Session last night at the Princess Theatre. A roaring success. Unbelievable. Living in were great. Diesel was amazing. Pete Murray was just smooth. I loved Pete Murray because I can sing all the lyrics. Mm. Just love it. It just takes you back to a really good time. It was a wonderful night until. Lisa, I drove you and producer Con there and we parked next door to the Princess Theatre. I gave you five stars for your Uber, yes. Thank you. And then you actually, I handed you the ticket that you took from the machine on the way in Mm -hmm. and it said flat rate $8. That's right. For nighttime parking, like after 4 p.m. That's right. As I left the Princess Theatre and went back to my car, I noticed as I walked into the car park area, there was a box at the exit boom gate and it said, please take and scan these tickets. Oh, that's weird. I thought the same thing, but I'm also, I'm a stickler for rules. And when I saw this box telling me to, I saw a box telling me to take a ticket and scan it, I thought, okay, maybe they know the Triple M Oztober is on Uh, and and they're doing free parking for everybody. Ah, that would make sense. That's what my brain told me. As overpaying I, $8, overpaying the $8. I, I didn't have an issue over- paying the $8. I just thought maybe that's what the parking is doing. Right. Like and validated tickets already waiting. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I – because yep, yep, there was yep. quite a few tickets in there. Yeah. And so as I was reading this, a gentleman drove up from the Triple M Oztober Gate. I think he was, you know, a Triple M family member who'd been at the gig as well. He drove up and he looked at the box and looked at me and I said, oh, I think you take one of these tickets and scan it on the way out. Yep. So and he was in his car, so I handed him a ticket. As you do, that's kind. To being a nice fella, and then walked back to my car. I then drove around, grabbed a ticket for myself. Now it was meant to be eight dollar flat rate for yep. after four parking. I scanned one of these miscellaneous tickets. Oh no, fifty two dollars. Oh. <laughs> what? Fifty two. Fifty two dollars. What were they doing there? I don't know. Do you? Think maybe they're other people's tickets that they've just left behind. I think that's what was happening. Fifty-two dollars. So, so I naturally reversed out, cancelled that, and scanned oh, my original ticket. Yes, which cost me eight dollars. Okay, but I have a terrible feeling. Oh, Liam! <laughs> that this triple oh, family member has been sent off, having had to pay a pineapple. Oh, Liam! Instead of eight dollars. So, oh, so no. that gentleman. <laughs>
Here we go. Sorry. You got a formal apology. I say very, I am sorry. That's all I can give you. I'm what? so sorry. I couldn't figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you want me to pay you back the difference, you can get me on 04 threatening. <laughs> uh, tomorrow is an unbelievable day, which I was unaware of. Um, there is a state funeral in Ipswich for the Honourable Bill George Hayden. Bill Hayden, who was the 21st Governor General of, of Australia um, and a big part of the Labor Party. But how we came to light about this was um, a little different and probably not what would happen normally. We got a knock on the door this morning from Secret Service who, well, well or the AFP or whoever they are, to mm. say that our street is going to be closed. Um, we live in the same street as St Mary's Church in Ipswich and that our street will be closed due to the state funeral being held at St Mary's tomorrow. And I said, well... What do you mean? And they said, um, you won't be able to move your car out of here after, uh, I think it's like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. The service starts at 10 o'clock. I said, well, we've got Nusa Triathlon. I've got two twins. He said, well, you better get trucking early. They weren't his exact words. They're mine. I'm, I'm, um, you know, so we are going to have to move out of our, get out of our house if we are to obviously get Am and the twins to Noosa tomorrow morning. And also, obviously, I've got to be at work tomorrow as well because of this state funeral, um, which would mean if they've got, if they're sweeping the street and making sure, obviously the Prime Minister's going to be there and the Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk and some obviously heavy hitters in the political landscape, that they would be making our street um, secure so no one can move in it. Do you reckon they'd be doing that, Liesl, for if it was if it was just Anastasia? I don't mean that in a disparaging manner, but I don't feel Aww. like... They would be sweeping a street like that unless, as Dobbo said, Albo was turning up. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought Anastasia would. Because we would, um, yeah, require, require that. Because yeah. we had Albo come into our studio and remember his yeah. his police, his official yes. guards came through and and made uh, producer Con show them the path that Albo would be taking to our studio. Yes, well, that's well, right. To be fair, Bill Hayden um, was the leader of the federal parliament of the Australian Labor Party from 1977 to 1983, and he was the Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Hawke government. So you would think if he was the leader of the federal Australian Labor Party, the Prime Minister who is the Labor leader, and this is only a summation, I have Mm. no... I think Albo's going to be there. I think, you know, he's getting... So Albo's going to be on your street tomorrow. Tomorrow. You don't think that um, it's just because of you, is it? That they're like, oh, no, we need to make sure you're not here so you don't take any photos or anything. Well, I have form in that area, Lisa. Yeah. So, yes, that could Harassing have been good. Harassing people. Good. Yeah, that, that, is, that is true. <laughs> Trying to get a statement off the Prime Minister. Excuse I, I, me, Mr. Prime Minister, may I get a statement? Look, I hadn't thought that maybe... You're the problem. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, maybe they just only door-knocked our house and said you need to be moved on. I, 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 was, I was unaware, but I thought it was a, str- a blanket street closure. It's just you. It could be just our house. So um, like poor old Am's been caught uh, up in the crossfire as well. No, that is that. If if Albo turns up on your street tomorrow, that will be it'll be the talk of Ipswich for and your street more specifically amongst your neighbours for for years. That'll be remember the time 
Anthony Albanese came to our street. Imagine if he came around for a cup of tea. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Well, look, let's one triple three five three. Dobbo Street could be could be tomorrow uh, visited by the one and only Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. It certainly will be on the news. Our street will be on the news tomorrow when? because, like, there's a state funeral tomorrow at St Mary's. We live on the same street as St Mary's, Elizabeth Street, um, and so it will be. Front and centre across the nation tomorrow. Our street is famous. One, two, three, five, three. When did a famous person turn up on your street, or why did your street make the news? Oh, now, <laughs> now let's steer away from the grim answers that you know might be out <laughs> there. We're looking for positive news stories, <laughs> if you could. <laughs> yeah. If your street is famous for well, a reason <laughs> that is, you know, palatable at half past five on a first. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear about it. One triple three five three. We'll take your calls next. Triple M. Tree from Jacobs. Well, have you had some famous people on your street? Yeah, I've actually had uh, the guys out filming the Paul Kelly Christmas movie, How to Make Gravy. No. Oh my god. Uh, really? Oh my god. Yeah. So they had uh, my house had Christmas decorations out the front and a couple of other houses as well. So we just spoke about how to make gravy. Yeah. Tro- Oh, that's unreal. How, so how long excited. ago was this, Troy? Uh, last week. Oh, oh, that's unreal. Okay. I'm so excited. Troy, yeah. do you know if they're coming back to do any more filming? Not sure, but they have filmed a few other uh, bits of movies okay. out there as well. Troy, so. Liesl and I have big ambitions to be extras. As, as, as more Hollywood comes to town, Liesl and I have a desperate. desperate to be an extra in one of these films at some point. Can we? We'll talk to you off air. We might have to make you a mole inside this film so that if if at short notice, Lisa and I just jump in the car and we can come we and can lurk on the street. Sure. Oh, this, um, is, this oh, is exciting. What a way to this start. This is amazing. Gordo from Corumban, have you had some famous people at your street? We had a start at the front door. Um, we had Sting from the police. And um, my sister's a makeup artist in the movie business, and she never met him, but she just got the random call, said, Sally, sorry to be a flipping pest, but I hear you're a gal, you know, great, great gal, and uh, I hear you got a Pilates reformer. Can I come up and uh, have a go? Because he Are didn't you... want to go to a gym and get swamped sort of thing. But it, What? Yeah, it was, in, it was in Catter Avenue off Woodgie Street, so it was... Back in the day, like back in the day, up up above the Crumman Hotel would have yeah. been. But yeah, he's rocked up at the front door. But funny, you just mentioned I just listened to old oh, mate with Paul Kelly. I lost my dear brother Michael about six years ago, and he was a journo for the it is Connectship at the Melbourne Age, and um, he was working for the Melbourne Herald. He was good mates with Paul Kelly, and they used to play kick to kick in flipping Central Park together. My brother was straight as Toto's arrow. And as you know, back in the day, Paul oh. Kelly was pretty loose. Paul had some demons. He, he went to my brother's service at the, uh, or the drink from my brother at the long room at the MCG, and he played From Little Things, Big Things Grow, and the oh. MCG song. Oh, oh God. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So telling the story about my sister and the story before me was reminding me of my brother. Oh, so thank, wow. thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. <laughs> Gordo, thank you for the call, mate. You've got, blown away. you've got Liesl Jones tearing up yeah, in the studio. Yeah, that's here. so amazing. Sharon from Eagleby, did you have someone famous on your street? Well, yeah, but I can't beat those. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We welcome them all. I had a funny one, actually. I, well, I enjoyed it anyway. So Don Howard was coming to town. I think it might have been the 2007 election. And my daughter and some other kids, we knew they were going to the family 
um, community centre. So we had protest signs. Oh. And so I drove the kids in and we're hanging the protest signs out the window. Howard, out, Howard, out. <gasps> Dr. Oh. Ben Lee, I came back to the house and got pulled over by the coppers because... John Howard was actually across the road from my house in the Eagleby Community Centre, and they figured I was some sort of lunatic. Okay, so John's been ID'd by John Howard himself. For being a protester for, and for, saying for Howard being out, anti Howard. Uh, so maybe Dobby, you maybe have uh, you have upset the Albanese government. Yeah, I could have, but uh, I, I have no sympathy for our maybe, last caller. Maybe when he visited us at the rush hour, you might have offended him. Uh, Martin from Kedron, <laughs> did you have a famous person on your street? Well, not on my street, but I'd like to point out first of all that Dobbo, you said the Secret Service came to see you, right? Yeah. I don't I'm think it's like secret that. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only that, I reckon there's a fair chance that you might have a few other ex-prime ministers like uh, Julia Gillard and Kevin sure. Rudd. <laughs> sure, so that you, makes... Yeah, you... And the whole of Brisbane knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no secret anymore. I love this. Uh, Dobbo has just blown <laughs> apart what was meant to be a secret funeral service. <laughs> <laughs> it's a state funeral. Like, I mean, it's public knowledge. Yeah. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> you oh. were just going to be evacuated from your house. Now you're going to be arrested and charged. I just got a text from Amity. They're getting us out now. They've asked us to leave now. <laughs> Rush out, Triple M. Rugby union has been in the news for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's been a tough time. It hasn't been the most fun time for the sport, but we want to bring some shine back to it because uh, the Queensland Reds, uh, they've got this – it's a – Interesting setup, this deal that they've got going on uh, with the Japanese side. It's the Saitama Queensland Shield. So uh, last year, the Queensland Reds went over and competed in Japan. This year, uh, the Japanese team is here on Queensland soil. And this Saturday, Ballymore Stadium, uh, the two teams will go head-to-head, the Saitama Panasonic Wild Knights taking on the Queensland Reds. And a friend of the show and an important part of this Queensland Reds setup is joining us on the line now. Josh Flute, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. How are we? Well, really well, mate. Congratulations. Firstly, this is the first game Les Kiss has obviously coached. How's he been and how different is he to Brad Thorne? Yeah, no, he's been really good. I think it's been a nice little refresher for all the boys, just a new voice coming in, offering a different perspective. Um, so, no, it's been really good. It's been a great 10 to 12 weeks that he's been in, and uh, we've learned a lot for sure. You're not going to be a debutante on this but this team, but you've got 11 there. That's uh, How challenging is that going to be for the team to have so many debutantes and even more potential debutantes if they come off the bench? Yeah, it would be a bit of a challenge, but, you know, they've earned their right to have um, one hand on the jersey. So we know they can go out there and do a job, and uh, we won't have to worry them at all. There's some, some really good young talent coming through, so it should be really exciting. How have you, I mean, you're a young up-and-comer in the sport of rugby union and, and you're not, not necessarily an up-and-comer, you're a first grader, but how, how have you, as, as somebody whose future lies in this sport, taken all this noise around the Wallabies and Eddie Jones, how have you taken it all in? Uh, yeah, obviously it's been, it was a, di- a real disappointing campaign that they had um, and it was hard to watch, especially when you're so close to so many of the boys. But no, you know that there's some big things coming uh, for the, in the future for Rugby Australia. So there's exciting times ahead and you just got to put your head down, keep working hard and hopefully you can be one of those guys to bring Australian rugby back into the spotlight a bit. 
Yeah, those kind of blokes you're talking about are blokes like Harry Wilson. He was clearly out of favour under Eddie Jones's watch. How's he? And obviously, there's a lot of those blokes who were Wallabies and then got discarded for the World Cup. How have they handled the setback? And they're obviously looking forward to a, a new broom, I suppose. Yeah, obviously. It would be very disappointing for all those boys. But, you know, they, they haven't blinked an eyelid. They've come back in um, offering their help around all the younger boys, especially in our group. Um, helping them out and getting them to the next standard as well. So I'm sure they'll be happy to see some fresh eyes over it, but they're just worried about knuckling down and preparations for next year. Now, Josh, last time I think we had you on this show, you and I had an honest conversation about your social media presence. Yes, yes, yes we now, did. Now, now, what, worked on it? what have you done about it since we last spoke? Oh, I might have posted two photos since. Uh, this <gasps> is my point. Two, Josh. Josh. Yeah. You are a good-looking rooster who's playing in the Super Rugby and, frankly, less than 5,000 followers. Dobbo's got more than 5,000 followers, Josh. He's many things. Good-looking rooster is not one of them. And he's not a good-looking Reds player. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, we need to – I don't know who you need to get to work with. Like, you know, 8th of October, you've suited up there and you're looking sharp alongside uh, uh, some of your mates there. But, come on, we need to get busy. We We need to increase the brand here. Yeah, well, we're going into some holidays uh, over the next couple of weeks, so I'll see what I can do. Might have to recruit the sisters to save a couple of photos for me. That's Good it. Good choice. That's it. You've, have you've... you got a dog? Dogs always help. Yes, we do. I've got two dogs, so that could be a good little play there as yes. well. Yes, hold those in the picture. Josh, they go really well. you've got two dogs, and I'm looking through, again, I'm looking through your post. I can't see the dog once, <gasps> mate. Josh, come on. There's really easy wins here for you. Oh, no, no. I've got a lot to learn. What no. sort of dogs are they? A uh, cavoodle and a labradoodle. Cute. Perfect for that social is, media, that Josh. That is a win. Like, girls will flock to that and just bump up your followers. Here we go. Look, uh, look, we'll even do it. Josh underscore fluke. Josh <laughs> underscore fluke. F-L-O-O-K. F-L-O-O-K. Let's get around him. Let's get those numbers up to serious big boy numbers. Uh, but this weekend, if, you've, if you're at a loose end this weekend, Ballymore Stadium is one of the oh. great sporting venues in this country. 3.05 p.m. That is what time this kicks off. The Queensland Reds taking on the Saitama Panasonic Wild Knights. It will be a cracking thing for your Saturday afternoon. Josh Fluke, always a pleasure. No, thank you very much, guys. It's almost time for us to get out of here. Yesterday, I spoke about the wee incident that happened at BCF at Capera that someone has urinated in a tent and across four mattresses, which BCF at Capera had to throw out all the stock. Mm. Very disappointing behaviour. I really wanted to get to the bottom of it because I feel that BCF have been hard done by by this because they've lost stock, and I don't think that's a very good thing to do. So, and it's a mystery, fair. isn't it? It is a mystery, and my natural inclination is to investigate things. I like getting to the bottom and solving a story. So, I thought today we could do go through a bit of an incident report okay. about what has occurred, and I would like to start this investigation. Could we get some CSI music? A little bit. Of- At 10.04am on Saturday 4th, a customer, myself, was browsing refrigerators in the Capera branch of BCF. I was at the point they came across a a crime scene. I'm going to do that again. It was at that point I came across a crime scene. A family tent and four airbed mattresses severely soiled with urine. At that point, I opened an investigation. Upon my return to the office, a.k.a. the Triple M studio, (laughs) I called upon the listeners to help with my investigation through speculation. I invited the Triple M family to guess what happened. How the hell can someone pee over four mattresses? So it's either four young kids that are in there. <laughs> yep. Or you've got someone that's like 
300 kilos that has a bladder the size of a bucket. I think it was a disgruntled staff member. <gasps> things went down not their way and they thought, righto, oh. we'll make things hard. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. I reckon an Anaconda employee has come through <laughs> and seen their pricing and thought, we do better. To go across four mattresses, it must have been an Anaconda. <laughs> Based on that evidence, right. that is uh, evidence 1A, mm-hmm. I've come to this conclusion. Are you, so you've solved the case? You've, I've solved you've it. You've solved it. Just based off the evidence we received from the Triple M family, right. I feel that I have solved this case so that we can all put it to rest, put it to bed, and we don't need to worry about this anymore. <laughs> on Saturday morning, someone, possibly an Anaconda employee, entered the store, possibly with either four children or dogs. That person may or may not have been a former BCF employee who may or may not have been disgruntled. After realising the store does not have a customer toilet and not realising there was a public toilet at the end of the block, the incident did occur. Either the person, their four children, their four dogs or all of them, relieved themselves in the most private place they could find, a tent. Case closed, guilty. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is, that, I don't feel like you've resolved anything there, Liesl. Well, I've just taken well, off the evidence has. that I've received. She's, she's come to a decision what in a court of law. Do? That's right. You've done well. Judge Jones <laughs> has spoken. Procession has uh, ended. I tell you what. If anybody else has got a mystery, an unsolved mystery, would you out like there? to approach the bench? No, sir. You may not. <laughs> Sit down. All right. We got to get out of here. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Noosa is upon us. The Noosa Triathlon. Uh, we are going to get a final rev up, a final pump up from a man that has won the race three times. Uh, a former Olympian, uh, Lisa, a former Olympic teammate of yours, not me, Courtney Atkinson. Yes, he's going to join us on the show tomorrow. But until then, Lisa Jones. Ciao for now. Jobbo. Farewell, my neighbours. We'll see you tomorrow at four pm. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo.